Hello. Thank you for listening to episode 5 of 60 Minutes With. I'm Dave, and in this episode I'm joined by Chris and Ramrod as we take our monthly look back at all the things that have entertained us. Right, back once again. Can you believe it's been a month since the last, um, what should we call these? What should we call these guys? Entertainment show? Month, monthly, monthly highlight of people's lives? What should we call this? <laughs> Hello. It's the highlight of my life. <laughs> Um, Right, I'm going to start this one. Uh, Ramrod, go to you. What would you like to talk about first? What have you brought to the table for us? Oh, well, good evening. Um, And uh, welcome to An Hour with Ramrod. Um, (laughs) I have so much to talk about. I take it me me and you, Chris, have just got to butt in whenever we can. (laughs) Well, tonight, well, what can I talk about first? Well, first, I'm going to talk about... A movie. I'm going to talk about a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a new film from this year, America movie, and it's called The Guest. Has Ooh. anybody seen it or heard of it? Chris? No. Mm. Well, this, this is quite fortuitous because I just watched it the other night. Oh. Mm. Good show, Dave. Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> luckily, Thank for, God, luckily so I'm not, not going to be talking to myself. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Actually, no, this is uh, looking at now. I, I am going to, uh, you know, let people into a little secret. I have just typed it into IMDb, IMDb very quickly. <laughs> and this is the guy out of Downton Abbey, isn't he? This is him, Dan Stevens, very beautiful young man. Yes. Um, yes, and uh, you'll probably be quite shocked to hear he plays. A very sinister role in this, and very, very well also. Um, I mean, I'd not watched Downton Abbey. I wasn't familiar with his body of work. I'd only seen the writing and directing team behind it, which is um, Adam Wingard and Simon Barrett, who are really hot on the horror scene at the moment. Now, like another director called Ty West, who is really overhyped and I think absolutely awful at what he produces, this guy... Um, makes really good movies. Now, Your Next came out last year, I think it was, which was a big success for him. And he made a great film as well in 2010 called A Horrible Way to Die. And if and nobody's seen that, get that film. It's one of the best horror thrillers I've seen in a long, long time, A Horrible Way to Die. But this movie is his shift away from his sort of independent horror, you know, comfort zone. And he's made what can only be likened to an 80s style thriller mashed up with a sort of exploitation movie but it's got the whole feel of a movie like drive um the soundtrack is a big part of it um david i don't know if you picked up on any of that when you were watching it yeah oh god yeah the soundtrack's great on it it's got a real sort of electro sort of pulsing soundtrack going all the way through it and it's um it's it's nothing super original i'll i'll give it that but he's done such a great job in making like a lean sort of 90-minute throwback thriller that you just don't see anymore. Um, and then he's used his horror sort of experience to tack in some exploitation elements, which really turned the film sort of on its head towards the end. Um, can't recommend it enough. Um, Dan Stevens in it is, you know, he's a poster boy looking sort of guy. 
and he's playing this um, soldier that's come back from Iraq and uh, his friend died in action and he's come to see the family of his friend because he made a promise that he'd make sure they were okay and he slowly you know gains their trust and gets involved in their life there's the son who's being bullied the teenage daughter who's misled in her decisions and he kind of has this really positive influence on them all until somebody makes a phone call about him because they don't really know who he is and things go very dark dave what did you think of the guest I loved the guest. Now I've I'd got no idea about this Dan Stevens, and it was Tina told me while we were watching it. She said, "Oh, it's him from um, Downton Abbey." Obviously, I've never seen Downton Abbey before, um, and she said that he'd lost a lot of weight since he was in Downton Abbey as well. <clears throat> so I did the usual thing and I googled googled some pictures of him, and he has he's like you know he's he's trimmed down and buffed up a little bit. Um, I would have loved to have seen an, an episode of Downton Abbey where he, where he's in character as this as this guy. <laughs> I think I I would probably have watched Downton Abbey then if that had happened. <laughs> and he starts yeah. just like killing people and goes on this <laughs> this really bad sort of like shanking them and and just like kicking the shit out of them. I thought he played the part absolutely superbly. He was, I mean, he's not a big guy, is he? He's not you no. know like Arnie or Sly or anybody like that. But because of the way that he acts the part, you wouldn't spill his pint. You know what I mean? If you're in the pub, you you just know that you wouldn't spill his pint. Oh no! At what you know, not at all. Um, he, he had a bit of a sort of a imagine Ryan Gosling that can smile. Yes, and he was mm-hmm. kind of like that. He was very stoic and he was very like you know charming. But yeah, he's a bastard. Oh, he is. <laughs> oh, he was a bastard. There's a great, there's a great like fist pumping bit in it where you go, you're watching it, and um, I'm not going to give like spoilers away, but there's there's a part where one of the family that he stays with, the the lad, is getting bullied, so he sort of puts the bullies in his place, in the place, you know, mm. and you're going, yes, take that, you fucking bullies, <laughs> take that. Um, the only reservation I've got about this, and it's a really tiny one because I did love the film, and it's a you know, it's a Blu-ray purchase, definitely, definitely yeah. a Blu-ray purchase. Is is right at the end, and um, there's something happens that I'm not going to say, but it happens in a lot of films for certain reasons, and you go, you know why they did it, you know, you, you know, you know what I'm talking about, don't you, Ramrod? You, you know, yeah. you, you, you know why they did it, but they didn't have to, but they did in a way because of they can do this next thing but take that away and yeah i mean it took me place there was things happening in it that i thought oh wasn't expecting that which is always good in the film because some are like so predictable lately aren't they yeah i mean i think with in terms of the writing obviously he's like he's like the same sort of age as well i can't say you dave but say me and chris (laughs) where he he grew up watching these sort of movies and he he's trying to make homages to them and his influences are obvious in what he's done especially drive i mean it's slathered with that sort of you know 80s feel It, it wants to be like a Pacific Heights sort of movie, but then mm-hmm. he's gone. I'm a horror director. Have some of this, you yeah. know. And uh, but it it doesn't feel too jarring. Where in most movies you go, where did that come from? You do kind of go, oh, okay, then that explains a lot. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, it's 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 not an over the top CGI fest. It's been made very cheap, independently. Um, he, like all his films, he's done. He's been making. He was like VHS, and he did a, sections on ABCs of Death. Um, but 
you can see that he's finally gone. Here's a few extra quid. Go on, make that film you really want to make. And he's made what I think could be looked back on as possibly a cult classic if enough people give it a chance. Yeah, oh, yeah, totally agree. Totally agree with that. It was Is like, that right? Oh, yeah, I would heartily recommend it to you, Chris. Mm. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I mean, cause I, I love Drive. I thought that was great that, you know, and um, just, I guess, bringing it to video games and everything else. You know, Hotline Miami, that kind of had that feel. And they said that Drive directly influenced that game and everything else. But um, I remember seeing the trailer for this. Is when you, you said you mentioned the name. I thought, I'm not, I haven't heard of that one. But when I looked at it on IMDb, and I thought, yeah, I've seen the trailer. And it, and it does look, like you say, kind of interesting. And it's an interesting role for him because I, I don't watch Downton Abbey myself. I have to point that out for people. It's not, for women. It's for not that, women. <laughs> <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that, I guess. But um, my wife loves it. And um, I think she it'd be good for her to see... Uh, him in in this movie because obviously from what you've said he's a bit of a bad boy kind of thing and, and I'm just looking at now there's a on IMDb there's a there's a bit where he's got his shirt off and like you said he's quite buff oh yeah he's he's not a bad looking boy I'll give him that I mean you know I, I'll apologise to my girlfriend when she listens to this you know she knows I appreciate a man on a <laughs> you know a purely you know he he's a good looking guy I'm digging a hole here aren't I there's nothing wrong with that at all I, I'm not exactly the same you know I yeah, appreciate Chris Chris guys. you should have seen the way that he looked at me when I handed him the headphones tonight it was it was that same look <laughs> yeah yeah Dave yeah but you don't have your top off enough for me <laughs> if you look like Dan Stevens Dave this would be very different you wouldn't be you wouldn't be going out with me sister I'll just say that no <laughs> But yes, it's it's recommended. I think the trailer and and the way they marketed the film, obviously, is they're aiming it as a thriller. But the the whole like last twenty five minutes is not that. It's really another movie. It's more like an exploitation movie. It's more like some weird film at the seventies, and it doesn't give you that. So anybody's listening who hasn't seen the guest, get that for buy it on Blu-ray because it'll be it'll sound amazing, look amazing. Yeah, I'll back that up too. Yeah, it's it's a purchase, definite purchase. Cool beans. Mm-hmm. Chris, you got any? Uh, you want to talk about any film this week? Yes, I. I mean, I've been watching a few. I watched Jack Reacher the other day. I don't really talk about that much, but I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, have, have you guys seen that one? Yeah. Excellent. Oh, I loved yeah. it. It was great. Tom Cruise was great. Um, I've watched. I've finished watching Breaking Bad, and we could probably talk about that for. a hours and hours rather than just one hour so i'll keep that short but the one film i did want to talk about not necessarily filming any massive amounts of detail although it's fucking amazing um is just the people in it and the and the director and it was the wolf wall street oh Uh, yes um (laughs) so my wife and i watched that um a week or so ago and just you know blown away by it i've got to be honest with you i put off watching it for a while because having sort of like read a bit about it and you know sort of looked into articles and everything about the subject and you know jordan uh, belfort and everything else I, I thought i don't know if i really want to spend sort of nearly three hours watching a film about this guy because he sounds like a right dick and you know this is all about the, the sort of like the greed and everything in the 80s and wall street and you know and, and what it's, it's an amazing film you know it's, it really is and but it was i suppose i just wanted to talk about it and and this is the thing I should say. My wife sat through it and loved it as well. And she's not a huge movie fan, I've got to say. Um, but she thought it was hilarious in parts as well. And we cried at one point in the film, which I don't really want to spoil. Um, the, you probably, well, if you've both seen it, you know the bit I'm going to mention is the bit where they take those super ludes. Uh, <laughs> and he has that fucking meltdown. And yeah. it's, 
that's just an amazing. But it was more, to, I suppose, to talk about DiCaprio himself and just how has this guy not won won a fucking Academy Awards? Yeah, yeah. I can't get my head around it. I mean, he's incredible in this film. He's just amazing. I, I can't... It's hard to describe how good he is. He's just... And he's just... He seems to inhabit the sort of... Like, you know, he, he's like a, such a natural actor. He can do everything, you know. And um, just look... Obviously, Titanic, you know. Yeah. It's one of his early roles. That he could have done, like, I guess, Matthew McConaughey who appears in this very briefly, and he's amazing as well. Um, you know, he could have got done romantic comedies for years and years and been successful and been a pretty boy because he's he's a pretty boy and you know he's kind of but he didn't and if you look at some of the roles that he's done you know since he did titanic i mean that film if you think that was just a phenomenon you know just an incredible movie of people just kind of went mental over Mm. and but and I think the first film I saw him was um, Romeo and Juliet. I thought he was amazing in that. And just everything I've seen him do since then, you know, it's incredible. I mean, I saw Django Unchained earlier on in the year as well. And that's an amazing movie as well. Just, But his performance, it just, it's mind-blowing. He just seems to live and breathe these characters. You know, he's just so intense in places now inceptions another great one shutter island i mean revolutionary roads that was you know okay if you like people sort of like moaning at each other for two and a bit hours that was kind of like <laughs> a, a huge advert for relate well you know <laughs> um, with michael shannon thrown in hopefully <laughs> yeah. he's not the counselor <laughs> yeah um but you know, The Departed, The Aviator, uh, just, you know, all, all those films. And it's, he, I just, he's incredible. And I just really wanted to sort of let people know, I think he's amazing. You know, but he is, and this film, honestly, really, it doesn't feel like a two and a half hour film, or whatever it is. It's, and I mean, and I think they're on about actually doing an extended cut, so it would make it even longer. But it's so good, you know. The the performances in it are amazing. Jonah Hill, um, uh, and you know, just I probably I'm going to spoil this line so for people who haven't seen it. I know you guys have maybe tuned out to this, but just it's so, it's so funny in places like when they meet um, his future wife um, at the, the time, who was amazingly hot. She's <laughs> like so hot. It's incredible. She's so hot. She is smoking hot. She's, She's just like. Red. I mean, he, like I say, I think it's Jonah Hill says, I'd let her give me AIDS. It's yeah. like, <laughs> you know, it's, oh, wow. It, it's such a good film. And in, as a result, my, my wife bought the um, the book, um, The Wolf of Wall Street. And she's just regularly like laughing out loud at it. I mean, I, I haven't read it personally. I'm, I'm not a huge reader, I must admit. But she's just kind of going through that right now. And she's lo- absolutely loving it. And, and you know, I suppose just touch on Martin Scorsese. Just It seems as if that DiCaprio now is kind of like his muse, where, like, I suppose in the 70s and 80s, it was all about De Niro and Scorsese. But now it's like... Um, you know, it seems as if his go-to guy is, is DiCaprio. But that, it's just, I mean, to, to make any movie, and you know, I know we're all the fan, fans of sort of like low-budget stuff, but to make any kind of movie, but that movie, you just think how complex it must have been to put all the stuff together and to make it generally. The guy's a genius, you know, Scorsese. He's just, 
incredible at what he does. You know, I know we talked about John Carpenter last time, but and he's a master in his own right. But Scorsese is something else altogether, you know. And I think um, DiCaprio deserves more recognition. And it's going to be one of those that I think, like Scorsese, who's kind of ignored by the Oscars for years and years and years. And I think it was um, Goodfellas is probably my favourite Scorsese movie. I think, uh, and I think that year he lost out to Driving Miss Daisy, which I have to say I haven't seen. Um, but you just think. DiCaprio's going to win something for a performance where he's not like, say, the Wolf of Wall Street type of level, if you know what I mean. It's going to be something like where they'll kind of like... Uh, the, the Party was a, a great movie. I really enjoyed it. But, you know, you think that's not, in my opinion, not Scorsese's best movie. You know, and it, 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 he should have been recognised for something else that he'd done that, you know, like, say, Goodfellas, for instance. I can watch that film over and over again. And I have done... I've just... Whenever it's on, I'll just sit down and watch it just... Because it's it's amazing. I mean, what do you guys think of DiCaprio and Scorsese? Well, I think well, DiCaprio. Like, I mean, he he hit the scene big time, didn't he, in Titanic, like you said. But has, has there been anybody that has totally done like a, a one eighty on the public perception of them, like he has? Because he was seen at the time, you know, as like you know, pretty boy DiCaprio, a little bit of fluff. And over the court, as he's aged, I mean, talk about a guy that's like aged really well not only just you know the way he looks but the, the the roles that he's taken and his acting ability he's just like grown into himself hasn't he yeah it, it's just you can't plot sort of what he's going to do next particularly because uh it, it's just like you know it, like you said he will pick something that's unpredictable you, you like you could have expected him to to go to do romantic comedies which he'd be perfectly good at i mean one of the other films which i went back and watched um this boy's life um which is uh, it stars him with uh, De Niro, and th- that's just he's fantastic in that. And he's a young kid, you know, and he's in, in like uh, sort of uh, if I remember right, because it's been a few years since I've seen it. Um, Robert De Niro plays like he's kind of stepdad, and he's abusive, and he's a right bastard. And but he's incredible in this, you know, um, uh, DiCaprio. But it's just great. I, I know you're a big fan, aren't you, Ramrod? Yeah, I mean, this boy's life is the one I was gonna I was gonna drop in on because it's one of those films that people. I mean, everybody knows what's eating Gilbert Grape is kind of the one where they go, "Wow, look how great an actor he is when he's young." But this boy's life is like it's you know a typical coming of age sort of movie, but he blows De Niro kind of off the screen, and he's really good in it, Robert De Niro, which you can't say a lot about him these days, can mm. you? Because those roles have dried up, and it's a shame because I think if like Scorsese, I mean, he's been touted to make um, a couple new gangster movies you know oh fingers crossed he makes more with De Niro and he was going to make a biopic about Frank Sinatra with Leonardo playing Frank Sinatra I mean you're joking me there's his Oscar if they're ever going to give him one that would have to be the one he'd he'd win and I you know they haven't even made the movie it might not happen but it's a shoe in isn't it I mean I think they were hard done by Wolf of Wall Street for me as Dave knows I've got a bit of a <laughs> put it this way Chris, I've got a tattoo of the Wolf of Wall Street on me. That's oh, right. how much I loved it. Um, it's actually a lemon pill. <laughs> <laughs> okay. When they get the lemons, I had one tattooed on me. Um, I watched the film uh, nine times, which is more than 24 hours of watching it in the space of about three weeks wow. because I just became obsessed with it. Um, totally obsessed with Wolf of Wall Street. It's probably like one of the best films I've ever seen in my life. And not just because it's one of the funniest, well-put-together 
movies have ever seen. But the good thing about Scorsese is, like you say, he makes, if you look back over his body of work, majority of them, uh, give or take, are about flawed male characters. And, you know, I'd love to know what his thing is. I mean, look at Raging Bull, um, you know, Henry Hill. They're all sort of anti-heroes. And Jordan Belfort is, is like... Like you say, he's a piece of shit. He really is, and he admits it. I've read the book, and it is word for word what is on the screen, literally. And he admits, you know, it's a cautionary tale. And he says, Wolf of Wall Street isn't like, you know, look how great I am. It was like, yeah, I had a great time, don't get me wrong, but it came at a cost. And that's the good thing Scorsese does, is he, he picks these stories, like Howard Hughes and all these great people who were great, but they were very messed up. Um, And it's entertaining to watch somebody self-destruct in such a spectacular way because I've never seen anything like it. I mean, if you look at other drunk drug abusers, they're washed-up idiots, and Mike Lee makes a film about them, you know, talking crap (laughs) on the side of the road, you know what I mean? But Jordan Belfort, holy shit, did he live his life. You know, and I, I, I... champion sort of people like that that he's gone you know what i'm gonna get that american dream and he's like scarface without the guns really and you know hotter women well michelle pfeiffer was hot in scarface but yeah (laughs) wolf of wall street's like even though it came out at the end of last year in america it kind of hit over here this year it's there's no better film i've seen this year and no better film i'm probably gonna see over the next couple of years that's going to meet my sort of personal expectations of what I really get off on in movies. And it was like, it's, it's like a perfect movie. If they make another cut, you know, give it to me. I want to see more. Give me more. <laughs> There's so much more in the book they could have put in there. Um, yeah, it's one of the best films I've ever seen, ever seen. And I've seen a lot of films. Oh, dear. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I've got, I've got a tattoo of the one for Wall Street. Yeah, it's quite dear to me, that. There could be no no higher recommendation than that. Surely you you no. get a tattoo with a film on you. Yeah, I mean I've got I've got tattoos of like Day of the Dead and Return of the Living Dead, etc. But the one for Wall Street, it was so precious to me when I saw it. I couldn't stop watching it, and even now, I make my girlfriend's life a misery because if we're not watching something, I go, can I put one for Wall Street on? Any objections? Three hours of that. <laughs> And I've got to get drunk while I watch it. It's like watching The Doors. I have to start drinking at the beginning, and by the end, I'm as messed up as Jim Morrison is. <laughs> kind of works with Jordan Belfort as well. I haven't got the millions of dollars to lose. Yeah, it's 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 incredible though. I just think it's so well made. You know, it really is. But yeah, that's that's what I watched, and I thought it's it's worth talking about. Definitely. De- oh God, yeah, definitely, oh, yeah. E- epic film. Great, great film. Great film. Uh, well, I'm I'm going to bring up. A tween film. How about that? Oh, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's let's bring this right down. Uh, no, well, obviously, you know, tween movies have been um, quite in vogue over the last few years. Um, Twilight kicked it all off, didn't it? Um, Hunger Games. Um, having a daughter that turned 16 just last month means I um, regularly get dragged into the cinema to watch these kind of films. And I will hold my hand up. Um, I did enjoy the second Hunger Games film. Didn't like the first one, but did enjoy the, the second one. But I watched um, the other week The Maze Runner, which Ooh. is, it's sort of, you know, it's pushed towards this tween audience once again. And I'll tell you what, I really fucking enjoyed it. 
it's um, and it's not sort of the atypical tween movie that you'd think it would be. Um, it's about this lad that um, he just suddenly appears in the middle of this field, and this field is cordoned off on all four sides by this huge wall, and on the other side of the wall lies this maze that keeps changing every night, so the layout changes it. And what they do, uh, once a month, a new person appears to add to the people that are living in this sort of central field. Um, and they have each person has a different role, and one of the roles is being a maze runner. So what they do, the, the walls open in one section every night for so many hours. These maze runners run in, and they have to like plot what the maze looks like, come back, then it changes in the night, and they have to go back, and they'll do it again. Um, then there's the monsters that live in there, and it's I remember right, I think it's a twelve twelve A. Um, there's some pretty gory stuff. This is this again. This is an um, shows what you can get away with with the twelve A nowadays. This would have been easily a fifteen back in the day. And uh, there's some you know some decent gore in there. And it's for a so-called tween movie. It's quite adult. I really enjoyed it. Again, the only downside to it is because you know these type of films, they're going to set it up because it's from a series of books. They're going to set it up for the next book, so it's going to end on a bit of a cliffhanger, um, which in this case, for me, is no bad thing because already I'm going, yeah, I quite fancy watching Maze Runner 2 or whatever they're going to call it. It, it, it sets it up. Have either of you like, heard anything of this, seen the trailer of it or anything? Yeah, um, I read a massive piece on it in Empire um, and really went, yeah, all right, I'm in. It sounds good. You know, it, it's a tough thing for me because I haven't, you know, like like you've got your daughter that will kind of take you to see these films. So sometimes you'll see a great one. Sometimes you'll see Twilight. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't choose to watch something like Hunger Games unless I really wanted to. Be, I don't know whether it's one of those hype things, but Maze Runner just sounded so much more like the sort of thing I'd watched when I was 10 yeah. and really got off on it. You know, it's like a Lord of the Flies with big monsters thrown in. Hmm. That sounds great to me. I haven't seen it yet, but um, I, I need to see it now, don't I? Because if, if you're loving it. And there's, a, there's no it. Jennifer Lawrence's boobs, though. No. <laughs> <sighs> well, thing is, Chris, how old's your daughter now? She's two and a bit. So you've got a few years before you've got these tween movies, if they're still going, that you're going to be roped into, you know, Dad, take me to these. But have you heard anything about The Maze Runner? Tempted by it at all? Other than just seeing posters and stuff like that. But, I mean, it sounds really good. I mean, I've got to say that um, I, I did enjoy the first Hunger Games film, but um, it's kind of like I'm kind of in the same camp as you, uh, Ramrod, that I'm not... I don't go out my way to sort of find them. I mean, the I think the second Hunger Games is on Netflix at the moment, and it's just like, meh, I'll watch it at some point. Do you know what I mean? So it's kind of like, I'm, yeah, like, like you said, Dave, when she gets a bit older, I'll no doubt sort of get roped into watching them, but it's they're not really on my radar, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I would so. recommend Hunger Games 2, though. I I thoroughly enjoyed that far more than the first one. Yeah. So if it's, if it's on Netflix and, you know, you've got a couple of hours to spare, yeah, you could do a lot worse. Yeah, it surprised me actually, because I, I, I mean, people say, oh, it's just like a, kind of a, a remake or whatever, or it's heavily influenced by battle royale and that kind of stuff. And there, there, obviously, there are elements in that, but I, f I found it pretty tough in places to watch because it's, I think it's quite well done because essentially they are kids killing each other, but they're not. 
it's not necessarily done in an over the top kind of way it's it's like that first scene where they're kind of released and they've got all the stuff in the middle of the, the the field and it's kind of like a race to get to it and get all the weapons and everything but it's done really quietly there's no music there's no dramatic stuff and everything else and when some of the other kids get killed it's 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 pretty tough you know it's kind of like i didn't expect it to affect me as much as it did but um yeah these are ones that i will no doubt watch at some point in the future mm. They do surprise you some of these, uh, you know, tween movies because, because I think it's because of the stigma with Twilight, which, you know, I've not watched any of them on principle. I've seen bits of the first one, yeah. and it it's it's shit. It is shit, isn't it? You know, I mean, it's good for the what it's aimed at, you know, but it will it does put me off them, you know, like because they're teenagers. But I, you know, saying that, would we have thought the Monster Squad was a tween movie when that came out? There was no such thing then. We'd have gone, this is film about kids fighting monsters. So yeah. I think on that basis, I'll give them more of a chance, especially Maze Runner. Yeah. Because, you know, they are, they're doing their best to kind of pull away from that sort of Twilight thing. Ultimately, though, Maze Runner is going to be probably three or four movies, I, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. It's, it's weird thinking about it, actually, because I'm, a, you know, the tween audience. So, to, I mean, there wasn't that such a fucking word as tween when I was a kid or, you know, no. age. <laughs> yeah. it's sort of like it's a made up word now to sort of like put people into a category or whatever. But I was just thinking you know, sort of like that, that age in my life, 12, 13, I was watching things like Bloodsport, Kickboxer, <laughs> yeah. Ro- Robocop, Predator, you know, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Around my nans, that was an amazing time because we just get to watch all these, you know, kind of like really violent movies. Those are the kind of movies that I grew up on. So, but yeah, the good old days. <laughs> That's a yeah. good point though, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, a really it's good true. point. How about that? Go, sorry, go, I'm jumping over you there, Dave. Go nope. ahead. No, go on, mate. Carry on. I was just going to say, like, isn't it weird, though? Because, like you say, the made-up word of tween and the, the film's a, like aimed at that category now. When we got into movies, you know, nothing was geared towards anybody then, was it? It was like, this is a horror movie, this is an action movie, and that's that. Yeah. And it, it just shows how much things have changed. That's it, isn't it? You know, market research, targeting your specific audience and i mean it was going on then but not not to the point it is now i don't think it's just like they're really specific at what they at who they target films at aren't they mm. and make it and make it for that audience rather you know like you said instead of just making a film well what about this what was the start three films three recommendations if you've not like seen either any of those um yeah go go and do it now pause this go and watch them and then come back and then you know let us know what you think about it until um video games i know we've got video games talk and chris i'm going to start on you well i was going to talk about um the the souls games like dark souls demon souls dark souls 2 because i've recently finished dark souls and i loved them and i'm affectionately known as a dark souls wanker um (laughs) (laughs) because I, i you know there are certain degrees of um, wankery, shall we say, that I'm not the top end of that scale where, you know, Dark Souls is everything and, and you know, anything and everything. That's it. It's amazing. As soon as anybody mentions it, I'll just jump straight in. I'm kind of sort of like on, in the middle of that scale, if you like. I am a, a wanker, but not a total wanker. <laughs> you sound like a goth prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was going to do that. And I'll, but I'll save that for a later time. You'll be pleased to know. And I'm sure that there are some people that, as soon as you mention the Dark Souls, though, it's immediately will just think. Isn't, oh, isn't there a 
current gen, as in now, you know, uh, hopefully we've got away from the next gen because it is current gen now. Current gen version of Dark Souls 2 coming out? It's coming out um, next year. Oh, okay. And they, um, and I'll probably talk about it in more detail at that point next year because um, there's uh, Bloodborne as well, which is made by the. Oh, yeah. To, of um, demons and dark souls, so that'll be oh, that's the game I am so excited for next year. But anyway, um, but then a little game called which I had no interest in particularly at the time uh, came along, which I've spent nearly twenty two hours just playing nonstop. Uh, it's Far Cry Four. Um, it's I mean I I had no real interest in this you know when it was announced and everything else because I played Far Cry Instincts on the Xbox 360 and kind of liked it. Uh, they did a movie on it, Uwe Boll, which I haven't seen. I'm tempted to watch it, even though I've heard it's shit. Um, but I'm tempted to watch a lot of his movies, <laughs> even though I've heard that they're shit. Um, <laughs> he, he tends to do like video game movies, you know. So I'm immediately interested, you know, even though I've heard that they're shit, but still. Um, and so you played like a guy called Jack Carver, and he's like a mercenary, just he's on holiday, whatever, and he gets attacked. And you, you went around this island, but you get these feral powers, so that's the first one. And then I think so, gradually, as the, the games have gone on, they've moved away from that, and they've just become about a different character altogether. So I, I played Far Cry 2 for a bit, didn't get on with it at all. That one was set in, more in Africa, I think. Yeah. And you could get malaria and all that sort of shit, and it was open world. And it just didn't grab me, if I'm honest with you. I felt that the guns were off, it didn't feel right. Then Far Cry 3 came along, heard loads of amazing things about it, but and I've got it on my PlayStation Plus to play at some point, but I just kind of, I just went off them, the Far Cry games. Nothing <gasps> Oh my god, I can't believe I thought you'd played Far Cry 3. No, no, so this is probably why I think Far Cry ah. 3 is so freaking amazing, and it is, because this is, like again, set in a, a I think it's fictional, place called Kairat, so it's kind of like the Himalayas and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so it's just amazing. It's a first-person shooter um, action-adventure game. The story isn't particularly important. You know, you play a guy, you go in to take your mother's ashes back to where she was born and shit kicks off and that's kind of it. And then you're thrown into this mix. It's full of weird and wacky characters, just kind of like totally off the wall weirdos. Um, the guy kind of looks like, the, the main bad guy kind of looks, I don't know if they've modelled him on um, uh, the guy who played the bad guy in Skyfall, I've forgotten his name now, uh, remind me. Javier Bardem. That's him, yes. Because um, he's kind of like a bit of a transvestite, transsexual kind of thing. He's got a bit of a weird vibe going on. He's You're not quite sure if he's he's kind of like gay or if he's he's very elaborate in the clothes he wears and everything else. He's very strange because like, it's kind of like that juxtaposition between wearing all this flamboyant clothing and acting quite, you know, maybe he's gay, maybe he isn't. And then he stabs some fucker in the neck. You know, it's kind of like, <laughs> you don't know where you stand with him. He's, he's very kind of like, he throws you off. Um, but you just pretty much have... You, you can roam this this land and it is beautiful and i'm playing it on playstation 4 it is available on 360 and ps3 and it is just incredible there is so much for you to do there's the normal quests which in their own right are amazing there's um hunting you can do there's just random events that happen and this is the thing with the playstation 4 you've got like the share facility where you can upload clips to youtube now just on the fly do it sort of like press the share button and off you go it's dead simple and i never use that because i just think well i can't be asked <laughs> but i've been found that i'm using the share button with this game because it's just like i can't believe that just happened so for instance like i've been razzing around 
in my Jeep or 4x4, whatever. And then all of a sudden, a fucking herd of rhinos will charge into this, like, um, convoy of, of trucks that are going up the hill. And people will be screaming, ah, you know, tigers. And then tigers will be sort of like, and I'll be sort of like flying around in my little helicopter. Um, and then I'll sort of like attack this camp. And then, you know, there's a tiger in the middle of the encampment. I'll shoot the lock off it. The tiger will go apeshit and start killing all the soldiers inside the camp. I'll then fly off, um, jump out the helicopter, wingsuit over a river, get my parachute out, fly, you know, swim in the river. And then like a a huge kind of like barracuda or whatever will attack me and I'll swim (laughs) to the shore, get my bow and arrow out and then kind of like... Um, shoot it out of the water and skin it so I can get some some money for it or whatever. It's so good. It's just I think I can kind of compare it to Red Dead Redemption, and it is so far removed from Red Dead Redemption in terms of the story and the characters, you know. Um, but just the world, I always felt, and it's a bit it's a bit strange, I guess. But I always felt with Red Dead Redemption that when I turned the PlayStation Three off, it felt like that world was still alive. Like there was, you know, the plants were still growing. The animals are still roaming around. You know, people were still pissing up barns. There was stuff going on, and that's what this feels like. You can't get bored playing this game because there's so much to do. I mean, being a Ubisoft game, there are collectibles up the arse. There are terrors <laughs> that you can liberate. You know, there's, it's the usual kind of tropes that you guess I guess you get with a Ubisoft game. But I can't put it down. It's like my go-to game. I've got games kind of queuing up on my shelf. I've got games from last year. I've got games from fucking out when i was you know 20 years ago sort of like you know from retro stuff that i'm still yet to play on my shelf and everything but the, this is the, the one game at the moment that i go to and i'm just i've put even put dark souls 2 down because of it you know it's that kind of game i've just like become a bit obsessed with it kind of like you were with wolf of wall street Rambo. it's just like mm. i just it's one of those games where i can play it for 10 minutes or i can play it for four hours you know, and my like I think we said before that my game time is limited now because obviously my daughter and everything else. But I just I find that I'm I just want to play that game. I just want to do it, even if it just means that I'll go and liberate a tower, then I'll turn it off, which will take me twenty minutes or something. Or I'll go and kind of like rip down a few of the posters, the bad guy, you know, propaganda posters. It's just so packed with stuff to do. It's amazing, honestly. The gunplay feels good. The weapons feel good. It's. It's wicked. I know you've been playing it, Dave, as well. You played an air or two of it, so you can play it co-op as well. Fucking you know, hell, I haven't even mentioned that. <laughs> you can play like you can play two-player co-op. So and they, that even adds another element to it. And I said, I was texting Dave. I said, but Dave, you've got to get this game because you get a bow and arrow. It's you feel like fucking Rambo because it's got <laughs> the the, the um, you've got normal arrow tips, you've got explosive arrowheads, you've got flame arrowheads, whatever. And you but you can sort of like go to a camp, get your binoculars out scope out where all the bad guys are and take it out stealthily if you want to or you can on the back of an elephant ram the fucking gate open and just <laughs> impale all the bad guys with this elephant and just smash and charge the, the shit out of the place it's it's so open how you can do things and the co-op element is just so good it's it's a great game it's probably one of my favorite games of this year and it surprised me because like i said I played it at Eurogamer. I thought, yeah, this is okay. But it was just the reviews. I thought, wow, this is getting 9 out of 10s across the board. So I'll check it out. And, yeah, so pleased that I did. It's even holding me off trying the next, sorry, next gen, current gen, whatever, uh, version of GTA V, which I've got as well. And, and I love that game. And I just want to see what it looks like, you know, in first-person view and also what it looks like on the PS4. But, oh, Far Cry 4. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, you surprised me. I thought you'd played Far Cry 3 because I played... Far Cry 3 to death 
completed it and virtually did everything in it. So I was really looking forward to this. And it is, I mean, it has been said in a few reviews, you know, it's a lot of people have called it like Far Cry 3.5. It yeah. is, it is a lot more of the same, but they have improved on it. And this is, I think I've had my PS4, oh, two months now, six weeks, something like that. This is the first game that has made me go, wow, graphically, mm-hmm. and looking at it. It was like when you first come out, when you go, there's a bit near the start where you walk up this snow-covered mountain. I just stopped there for a few minutes and was just like looking around because it looked so fucking good. It looked it's incredible. Yeah. Oh, it's... really, really good. Um, I mean, these things, like the... I think I've spent like three and a half hours on it up to now. And when you're liberating the outposts, I love doing that. You're finding these, like you said, you can do it stealthily. You can go, you know, all out guns attacking. You can use the environment. You can use the animals to do stuff on there. And it was, you mentioned Red Dead Redemption as well. And it's like, for me, that was like the, well, I was going to say the best open world game, probably the best game. That's my favorite game. This this is running it close that it could overtake it. Because uh, again, I'm going away from it, and like you, I'm thinking, yeah, this, it's it's still a living, breathing world that you're leaving behind when you come away from it. And you, it's I think a true test of a game like this is like when you switch the console off, and you you know you go to town, you go to bed, you do whatever you're doing, and you're thinking, oh yeah, I know how I can do that now. If I sneak around the back of that building and I turn mm. that alarm off and I do this, it's still in your head, isn't it? While you're thinking yeah. like that, and I've I unlocked the co-op in it. Um, this afternoon, I had an hour on it this afternoon, so I've unlocked the co-op. So yeah, there, there's a few sessions there. looking forward to now. Maybe we need some co-op gameplay on this. Definitely, it's it's yeah. great, such a great game. I need to come and have a go then, Dave. You do. You you've got to see it, mate. It looks absolutely incredible. It is the first. I keep wanting to say next gen, but we should say current gen. It's the first mm-hmm. one that where it's, it's gone. Oh my god, yeah, this is this is a sign of things to come. And and the stuff that you can do, I mean, I was buying, um, I was using some money that I got for maps, oh, and it shows you different things, you know, it shows you the loot, it shows you these masks you collect, like um, Chris said, the posters where you can pull off the one. I mean, this map is huge as well, isn't it, Chris, when it's, you start looking at it? Yeah, and, it, and I've opened up the north part of the map now, and... I mean, you know, because it's covered in um, kind of like fog or clouds when you first open it up. And then when you open all that up and you think, shit, you know, it's uh, it's huge, absolutely huge. Um, I've just, I don't feel bored at, at all. No. It's like 20, 20 odd hours have just flown by. That's the Man. thing. And it's good, isn't it? Like you said, you can either nip on for 10 minutes, find a little bit of extra loot, pull a map down, do whatever. Or if you've got a few hours spare, you can go and do that too. And, just, you, and the thing is, two hours goes by in like, what yeah. seems like 15 minutes yeah it, re- it really does go quick and i think you're you were thinking of getting it on the 360 weren't you ramrod as well yeah i mean i think that's a good thing with far cry because i mean i didn't get into two but i played one and i think at the time when one came out i think it was like the first sort of sandbox game where if you saw somewhere you could go there and there weren't many games that had opened up that much at the time i think just cause did it just after that didn't it mm. But I mean, with I mean, I know you've been loving it, and my other sister's got a PS4, and she's totally like obsessed with it. Um, but I skipped by two, and I played three a bit, and I did really like it. But everything I've read and heard about it, I love that feeling of like just like you said, like Red Dead, that it, it's you can just live in it. 
you're totally living it. And you do find yourself watching a sunset or something gay <laughs> you like do. that. Yeah, you, you do. know, <laughs> even though it's not like getting anywhere in the game, you do really appreciate. Obviously, because we've come from a time where, you know, Space Invaders or Pong, you know, was the height of what you were seeing. Now mm. you can ride an elephant you know, and attack people in that way. I've got to ask a question, though. <clears throat> Excuse me. When you're playing co-op, can I be the elephant and you ride me? <laughs> Does that work? Uh, no, that was <sighs> not. I mean, just to... One, yeah, I mean, yeah, one of the amazing things was that because you get this grappling hook as well and you can climb up mountains, which feels great as well because it's like, kind of got a bit of a parkour element to it. But... Um, there's like this little kind of like helicopter, which has only got one seat. But this was, I said to my, my mate, try this out. So like I was hovering above the ground of a certain like height. And I said, you know, try and grapple attached to my uh, helicopter. And he did, and it worked. And I was flying <laughs> through the air, and he was flying underneath me, fucking with a machine gun. It's just like, wow. <laughs> you know, and I think because um, you mentioned Just Cause, you could do a lot of that with uh, Just Cause. Yeah. You've got this kind of grappling up, which I love that on the 360. I think it's great. Yeah, um, okay. But you could do all that sort of stuff as well. It's oh, it's it's brilliant, brilliant. They are nice. It's nice that they're pushing it in a direction, even though you've seen it like a rock star kind of did so much with it with Red Dead, that now it's like yeah, but we can do so much more with it. And where can they take it? These first-person shooter games aren't on rails. You know, they're so open and so free to do anything. I've got to get it. I have to get it. I'm just poor. <laughs> so, I, wish I was poor. I want a PS4. Dave, Christmas, man. <laughs> I'm going to put a thing out to the listeners now that if y'all want to get a Kickstarter going for me to get a PS4 and I can join in so many more gaming things then. So it's at ramrod.com <laughs> PS4 hashtag money. Yeah. <laughs> you could always sell your body, you know. Well, I think Dave's already tried to do that earlier tonight. <laughs> he's, trying, he's trying to pimp me out already. Yeah, just get that Kickstarter kickstarted. That's the thing, yeah. Yeah, you could be my pimp, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> you look like felt. one. Yeah. <laughs> a dirty sort of old pimp. <laughs> like a Russian pimp. <laughs> let's... let's... Let's, uh, before we get into a tangent about Russian, yeah, pimps, yeah, yeah. Which, Russian I'm pimps. sure we're quite capable of going down that rabbit hole if we wanted to. Well, let's um, gaming. I'm sure you've well, gaming. Yeah, yeah. You want... well, I mean, next on my list is Far Cry Four, without doubt. Yeah. But it's. I mean, my game experience lately it isn't really a game. I've got. I've got a new job. I'm just going to say I've got a new job, and I'm working for Kevin Spacey at a place called Atlas. And what he's done is he's given me this amazing bionic exosuit and this amazing arm, and he's sending me off in this his private security firm to like shoot loads of people in a first-person sort of world, and it's called Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. <laughs> and I wake up in the morning, and all I want to do is put it on and shoot everybody and jump really high and... Um, really enjoy myself because oh my god i mean there's not many games for me that i will just buy every single installment of and call of duty obviously everybody loves call of duty mm. but i thought advanced warfare might have fucked with it a little bit making it futuristic adding these little mods and things to it but oh my god no it's so enjoyable to play um 
I've never seen anything quite like it. I mean, obviously, I'm playing this on the 360 at the moment, but the cutscenes, as you've probably both seen, with Kevin Spacey in it, even though it's not him in real life, it is him in real life, and the actors look like real people, but they're not. They're CGI. I don't really get how amazing it is, but... Call of Duty at the moment is just, oh, I'm obsessed with it. I mean, I got to the point with the Evil Within where I hit some really weird difficulty spike where I couldn't get past this ghost and he was following me round and I had to inject blood into this door and this ghost kept turning up and I was hiding under a bed. I was under a bed and he found me under a bed <laughs> and blew me up every time and I saw my ass and got rid of it and got Call of Duty, but that was a good thing because um, it's so much fun to play. And the good thing I like about Call of Duty is when I shoot someone, it feels like I'm shooting them. And that's kind of a sick thing I've just said, and I probably need to talk to someone about it. But when I shoot somebody, I want to feel like they're dead and I've shot them. Call of Duty gives me that with a big laser gun this time. Um, Has anybody played this? Is anybody else excited by this? Or is Far Cry 4 just totally (laughs) taken over video games? No, no, I I've th- got this. I'm sorry, Dave. Go on, you go for it. No, I was just going to say, I think you've played it, haven't you, Chris? That was. Yeah, yeah, I've got it on PS4, and I totally agree with what you're saying. It's just, it, it's changed the game for Call of Duty. I mean, I've bought every Call of Duty that comes out every year, you know, and uh, I'll play them. But and I'll play, I'll play the single player generally before I play the multiplayer. But with this one, I've jumped straight into the multiplayer, and, and I've nearly prestiged it, and. Um, like you said, the facial animations, they seem to have just done... They're uncanny how they look. You know, they just sort of... They look almost kind of photorealistic in places. You know, it's so weird. And I think, like you said, I mean, I haven't played that much of the single player, but the new exosuits, you know, and I don't know if you possibly haven't played Titanfall, but that's... I don't know whether it was influenced by it or whether they knew Titanfall was coming out because that's sort of like got more of a parkour double jump stuff thing. But those exosuits are so much fun to just razz around in and um, jumping about like going crazy and the it's it's fantastic. Yeah, it's it's really um, got me back into it because Call of Duty comes out every year. You kind of know what you're going to get, and but I, I still enjoy them. They're still great games, and people hate on Call of Duty, and I think. You know what? They're consistently good games every single yeah. year. They're, they're good games, and they work. They, they, I mean, if you think like Battlefield Four came out, and that I think is working now. That's been out for over a fucking year, and you think these games work, generally speaking, from day one. And they, you can argue, well, it's Activision; they've got money to pump into it and everything else. But I think, especially these days, games coming out needing patches here and there and being broken mm. and not working. And a game that just works straight out of the box and it's got an on- online multiplayer and they add content to it, you know, it's fantastic. It really is. Can't agree with you more. Yeah. I mean, zombies, I was just reading a bit about zombies coming out for it, and that's a good thing. You can rely on Call of Duty. I think it's like my other big game is FIFA. I've always been a FIFA man, and every year FIFA, even though they bring out essentially the same game as they do with Call of Duty, you know you're getting an awesome product, and everybody won't get it. So when you go online, everybody's there. Everybody's enjoying it at the same level. I think with this one, though, I forgot 
that you had those extra mods and the jumps and the the shield that pops up out of your arm. I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't even give you training on that. I don't think. I just pressed down on the D pad by accident, and this big fucking shield come down on my arm, <laughs> and I got excited and I started running into twenty, thirty people, and then I got shot in the face, obviously. But yeah, you, you do forget because you're so used to Call of Duty being Call of Duty. You forget. Oh yeah, I can jump over everything now. Um, the new weapons and the the fact they've put it into the future probably you know purists would have gone i don't want to do a double jump and all this but yeah wait till you get online mate and you can double jump over a sniper and then you know (laughs) do a drop on his head like super mario in first person (laughs) yeah it's i think it's like my favorite call of duty um i mean i'm not online at the moment so i'm suffering at the hands of the campaign but it's it's not too quick it's got everything you want in terms of story they do really good stories i mean they're very you know masculine sort of let's all go guys and there's a british guy who you can relate to because you're british and all this and it's it's such a good fun game to play i love shooting people in the head i love shooting people (laughs) i'm so it's a good job i don't live in america really (laughs) (laughs) i think i'd have joined the police force (laughs) controversially (laughs) I think I mean I've played I mean I'm usually I just stick to the single player on the Call of Duty games and I've completed the single player on every one up to I think Block Up Black Ops two is the next one I need to play. So I'm I'm like two two or three games behind now I think. Mm. Yeah. But I've heard I've heard good things about this one though. It's great. See I'd like a reboot because I know again, years gone by people are getting pissed off with having so many World War Two themed games, but I'd love to see a World War Two uh, game, sort of with this current, you know, console, you know, PlayStation Four, Xbox One, whatever, because yeah. it would look incredible. I think I remember the, when I played Call of Duty Two, and that was a launch game for the 360, and that was amazing. That blew me away. I'd love to see a World War Two. I'd just kind of strip back, go back to sort of like. Uh, basics and everything because they've got like three studios working on the, the games these days so they can afford to do it you know and i think it'd be great to see a game you know that's they've gone into the future now let's go back let's go back to sort of like world war Two and see what it looks like that you know Might that be. would be great god yeah, yeah that would be really good was two the one where you land on the beach at normandy like private ryan i think that was medal of honor but there was there were ah, bits of yeah. that in um yeah yeah medal of honor they were they were good they were good for what they were worth as well. They, yeah. yeah, they kind of disappeared, didn't they? Yeah, they tried rebooting them by making them sort of like more... I think the last one, um, Air- Airborne was good because that was one where you could parachute into the map and yes. sort of pick where you wanted I to go. That. that was World War Two, But then they started making them more... The last one was about sort of basically a hunt for Bin Laden unofficially, although mm. it wasn't, you know, named that. You were going after a terrorist cell, shall we say. <laughs> yeah. Just jumping on that one as well. Does anybody remember that game? I think it was on the PS2, where you had to have a fight with Bin Laden when you found him. <laughs> what the hell was that game called? It was the something about the deck of cards that the army have got with the fifty-two faces. Oh, that does and sound familiar. I yeah, think it was like to, yeah. first person, and then when yeah. you got to the target, you had to fight him. One that was one. it. You went through the cards, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna have to through that deck. one out. Yeah, I'm gonna have to find out about that one. Yeah, that does so. Uh... That rings a few bells in my memory. Definitely, it's just it just jogged it in my head that it was like Street Fighter. <laughs> it was like you versus Bin Laden. <laughs> I'll have to find that one. I'll well, talk about that next time. Yeah, try and hunt that one out. Yeah, well, uh, I want to mention um, Shadows of Mordor, 
which I was, which I was, here we go, past tense, addicted to, um, until I hit, and I've hit it so many times in games, stupid, stupid boss battles that they put in games, right? Aim for the weak spot, Dave. (laughs) The flashing bit. The yeah. bit. I, mean, I was like so immersed in that. I'm not a big like Lord of the Rings fan, but this had got me hooked. I was really immersed in it. And, you know, the people will probably know all about the Nemesis system and all of this, that, and the other. Now I got to the bit. I had done virtually everything in this map, and it's quite a big map. And then you hit the, one of these mission points, um, which, when you complete it, takes you through to a whole new map to explore. And I thought, yes, because I'm. Yeah, I'm enjoying doing all these little side quests and just buggering about and killing orcs and everything. And you've got to kill this. I think it's called Black Captain. Now, if you're listening to this, you may have well completed it first time because I trust me, I've been online, read about it, and people are going, "Yeah, it's a piece of piss." Did it first time. I can't. I've tried this so many times, and it's one of those where you've got the boss, and he's got like loads of minions. In this case, it's loads of little orcs that come, so you've got to deal with them while you're dealing with him. And so you're pressing buttons and moving this and moving that. And it went from being a really enjoyable game to being one where I wanted to throw the controller into the television, <laughs> which is never good. And I think we had a little chat about this the other day, didn't we, Ramrod? I was going, why is it with video games that the only form of entertainment where you pay for a product and you don't get full access to the whole thing that you paid for? You know, you buy DVD, Blu-ray, you can watch it all, you buy a book, you can read it all, you buy a CD, you can listen to it all. You buy a game, if you get stuck in it, you're fucked nine times out of ten. You know, you paid, and let's get it right, with the generation we're in now, the RRP of games are like 55 quid. So you're paying far more than you would for a CD or a film or a book. You know, it's the most expensive form of the entertainment that you're going to buy, and you're locked out of a shitload of it. You need a cheap book, Dave. That's what you're talking about. I (laughs) need... holding down all the buttons at one time. I need... Well, luckily, the the PS4 has got this thing, hasn't it, where somebody can jump in and take over your game and get you through get you through this bit what yeah you can do that which i think i'm gonna have to do with this what but it's <laughs> it's still really annoying you'd think surely there must be a way in this day and age where the game developers would think for like old twats like me whose reflexes <laughs> and eyesight yeah, yeah. is just shot to shit and you can't do it that this you've got an option okay just like fast forward me past this I mean, I know on PC games you can you can sort of go into them and like initiate God mode and go through stuff, can't you? Um, but on consoles it's different, and I'm a console gamer. It, it, you must be able to do this on games because it's so annoying. Because I really loved playing this game, and I've hit this one brick wall now. And when you've paid good money for it, you go, I haven't even seen half the stuff that I've paid for yet. Do you want me to have a go, Dave? I'll come and have a go for you. I'll get you you past it. (laughs) You'll probably do it first time. I've done it before. I'm pretty sure I've done it before. You were playing like Resident Evil 4 or something years ago. You went, I can't do this bit. And I went, (laughs) there you go. (laughs) I think you're right, though, because Dara O'Brien joked about that. He says that, you know, with books and stuff like that, it's like you don't get to a point in a book where it says you can't turn this page unless you do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. I think they should maybe consider different difficulties. Like, you know, when you pick, you know, your game, easy, normal, or hard, they should have one that says old fucker. And that <laughs> sort of thing, uh, aimed at you're somebody like yourself, Dave. No offence. <laughs> he doesn't take offence to things like that. It's true. 
<laughs> yeah, I just have to, I have to accept facts nowadays. I'm just, yeah, it's, I'm it's, just it's, it's true though. It's why I got rid of even within because it, I was enjoying it. I felt it was getting a little bit repetitive, but I just got to this bit and every time I was putting it on, I was getting to this bit and I was doing A and B. And when it came to doing C, this ghost would turn up and blow me up. And I got so, f and I don't get frustrated. I'm pretty, I persevere, pretty good at it. But I just thought, Do you know what? I've got time for you, mate. You're ruining the game experience for me. I was under a bed. I know I've gone on about it before, but I was under a bed. How did he find me? I know he's a magical ghost and that. Anyway, I'm just saying. It's right, though. It does piss you off. It ruins games. You know, Chuck Rock, you know, perplexed me on some levels. How do I jump up this bit? I'm going back a long way there. It's a blast <laughs> from the past. Chuck Rock he used to play yeah. on game Amiga. Amazing, yeah. Yeah, but there were ways, you know, there there were ways of getting past it. But these games are so like rigged into such a, you've got to do this certain thing, and when you can't do it, you you're done for, totally. Yeah. And you can't press up, down, left, right, and select <laughs> anymore. The, it's the thought that this whole new map that's just on the other side of this guy You'll that never I want to I want to experience. <laughs> You'll never can't. see it. <laughs> oh yeah, I think um, yeah, Chris. You're gonna to have to jump across and play this bit for me. Well, I do own it now, but I haven't played it because um, again, wasn't really interested in it. And then I saw there's a, a video game show called Video Game Nation. It's on Challenge TV, believe it or not. Um, great great on, program that is, yeah. Yeah, I love it. And I saw it's like the, every episode's like half an hour long, and, and it's by it's posted by well-respected journalists in the games industry, which is good. And they don't treat you like you're a fucking twat, you know, that just plays video games. Um, but they they did a feature on Shadows of Mordor, and I thought. This looks really good, and I really fancy it. So I got it in the Black Friday sales for twenty-five quid. So it's good. I'll help you out, no doubt. Good. I hope you do, because I do want to. I do want to see this other part of the bloody map that I do. Uh, right now, listen. Um, can you believe sixty minutes has already gone? Um, <gasps> I know, but I know we've got more to, to talk about. So I'm going to shut up. I'm going to hand it over to you two. I know the episode I did with Richard Amos went over. Well, I am starting to bend the time a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, it's quite obvious we have a lot to talk about in these episodes if people want to get in touch and say, well, do you want these episodes more than once a month, maybe? You know, well, you know we've got a, a lot to talk about. So I'm going to just shut, shut the fuck up and hand it over to you two. And uh, anything else that you two guys want to talk about, and I'll just chip in. Ram right, rather, right. I will. I will just briefly mention. Um, I, I was going to talk about some music, but I'm going to mention um, people I met the other day. Um, we had a comic con in mm -hmm. Wales, um, and it's not big. It's not amazing, but this last Sunday it was because I met Scott Adkins <laughs> and. Anybody who knows who he is, you'll probably go, yes, but if you don't know who he is, he's a, a very beautiful 30-something um, from Britain who went across the pond, became a martial arts expert, and now he's in the best martial arts films, bar The Raid and anything Tony Yar's in, like Ninja and um, Undisputed 2 and 3, where he plays Yuri Boyka, the most complete fighter, and I met him, and... It, he was incredible. I've got a, photo, a million photos, thanks to my lovely girlfriend, who just took photos of everything, of me touching his pectoral muscle, and he <laughs> smiles. Um, it, it, was, it was a magical moment, because uh, I haven't got many heroes these days that I can meet and shake the hand of and tell them what a great job they're doing. And Scott Adkins is one, you know, um, 
he was so genial and such a gentleman and he slagged off Hollywood in such a brilliant way um, and even explained how Jean-Claude Van Damme doesn't like to do any fighting anymore. He uses his stuntman all the time, which was quite shocking because I thought Van Damme still had it. Um, I also met um, David Warner, who, you know, he was in Tron, Time Bandits, The Omen, um, a movie legend, and he had to cup his ear to speak to me because he's that old now. And I also met Animal from the Legion of Fucking Doom. Wow. Oh, wow. I mean, the man is in amazing shape. He is a brick shithouse. I, he had full makeup on. He had his shoulder pads there. And I, I was, you know, I wasn't scared talking to Scott Atkins or David Warner. I was, I was terrified of speaking to Animal. He's such a big deal to be growing up. Um, and I didn't want to mention Hawk or anything that might upset him because he looked like he would fuck you to death, this guy. <laughs> He's a monster. But I touched him. I shook his hand. I wore his shoulder pads and we posed with fists bumping. Um, he smelled good. It was, it, it was a bit of a sausage fest last Sunday, but yeah, it was, you know, it kind of supersedes anything that's happened to me in the last couple of months that, wow, you know, what, what a great day that was. Talk about meeting your heroes. Um, I met my heroes and it, it I, I got him for free because I just didn't even pay. I didn't even pay for the privilege. Nice. Yeah. So it's. It was it was beautiful. Animal is literally still an animal. He doesn't wrestle anymore. And I made him laugh because I told him when I was 11, I went to the gym for about a week because of him. And he thought that was quite funny. And then he <laughs> took my money and I went away. Yeah. <laughs> Before I said something stupid. It was shocking though, wasn't it? How, how quiet Scott Atkins' stall was, if you know it. Nobody really bothered with him. And it's like Scott Atkins and nobody really bothered with him. It's weird, you know, I actually watched somebody dressed as Deadpool who Scott Adkins stunt doubled for Ryan Reynolds in the Wolverine Origins movie. So he's essentially played Deadpool in the only movie of him. And a guy dressed as Deadpool walked straight past him. And I thought, well, there it is. Nobody has got a goddamn clue who Scott Adkins is. <laughs> You know, but he was um, he was marvelous. You know, um, he, he, and you know he was he was grateful that he had people that wanted to come and talk to him, which was shocking to me, mm -hmm. because he's well, he's a legend. Well, he is if you know his work. I suppose anybody that's have you ever heard of Scott Adkins, Chris? I have. You know yeah, he's in Expendables too, wasn't he? And that's uh, the man. I've heard that Ninja movie you're on about is really good as well. So I'm going to check that out at some point. Yeah, get. I mean, the first Ninja's good. Very good, but the yeah. the second one called Shadow of a Tear is kind of like the movie he. Apart from Undisputed two and three, which are incredible action movies, Ninja is the one, and he even said it himself. I love it when people bring this film for me because it's the one he's most proud of. It's mm. there's nothing been made like it apart from the Raid in mm. the last twenty years. Easy, but yeah, get, get some Scott in your life, people. Nice. And he's 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 as firm as he looks. <laughs> oh yeah you want to see my instagram jesus <laughs> i mean talking about animal um i i love the legion of doom growing up as well I, that kind of era of uh wwf at the time was amazing to me growing up and my first ever pay-per-view remember watching it around my nans we were one of the few people that had got sky at the time was the survivor series from 1990 and you got legion of doom teaming up with uh, the Ultimate Warrior, 
and uh, the Texas Tornado, and they Very were on fun, Eric. TV. And that was, yeah. and they, that was freaking amazing. And they were up against Mr. Perfect and Demolition and Legion of Doom. That was so, so brutal. I mean, their finishing move, clothesline off the top ropes, you know, with uh, going the guy going onto Animal's shoulders uh, and Hawks sort of like just flipping them over. You know, that could have broken <laughs> somebody's neck. You know, and and. <laughs> They were great, though. I mean, mm. I, it's great that you know he's still kicking around because a lot of wrestlers from that era obviously aren't with us any, anymore. You know, no, this uh, is true. It's, it was quite, you know, I, I, obviously you want to talk about his time with Hawk and wrestling, but he, uh, you know, and I'm not scared. You know, like Billy says in Predator, I ain't afraid of no man. But I was terrified of saying anything to him <laughs> that might make him cry or anything. <laughs> but um, yeah, that I mean, growing up, Hawk and Animal next to Huntsman Warrior and Rowdy Roddy Piper yeah. were they were superhuman man and the guy I mean how old is he now God knows but he doesn't look any different physically he looks as good as he did you know in the early 90s it was really incredible to see him because even like I met T- Teddy Biasi earlier this year and he again still looks like the million dollar man yeah. you know it's, it's good to see it warms your heart you know that they're not all crippled and bent over or dead like the bulldog you know <laughs> yes it's true so we, yeah. dave had no idea what we're talking about do you? not no. a clue no come it was on something, dave. it was something about dogs that's all i picked up on that was it <laughs> uh, well, no, Chris. yeah um yes well after all that testosterone uh, i was going to talk about the magnolia soundtrack but um <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I'm going to know. I feel a bit embarrassed. <laughs> I was going to open up my true feelings and talk about how the, the, the Magnolia soundtrack's been making me cry in the car on the way to work. Um, but no, because, um, no, you know, we, we've said, you know, it'd be good to talk about a game, movie and soundtrack. I mean, I don't tend to listen to um, modern music, shall we say. And a lot of the stuff that I tend to listen to is sort of like based around film soundtracks. That's why I talked about Into the Wild last time around. Hmm. But, um, have you guys seen Magnolia? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah very much, and, and it's a lovely, lovely soundtrack. I yeah, um, yeah. Uh, um, Amy Mann, um, who I didn't, I hadn't heard of before I saw the movie, and I think we said before about you know Into the Wild. This really is like a synergy with that and the the film, you know. And apparently, I read today that um, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson he based a lot of what is in the movie around a lot of her songs that are on the soundtrack. Um, it's great. It's a really good soundtrack. There's a real sort of like uh, fragile nature to her voice, you know, and the songs are sort of, if you li- listen to the lyrics, they're all based around sort of a lot of them about relationships that aren't working so well and, you know, being stuck in a rut or having low self-esteem, all that kind of stuff. Um, it, it's great. I mean, I love Magnolia, the movie. I think it's fantastic. I love uh, Paul Thomas. And- is this Paul Thomas Anderson? I was getting mixed up with him and the other guy who does... Resident Evil. Resident <laughs> Evil, yeah. That's Paul W.S. Anderson, I think, yeah. Um, so, and, and he's great. I mean, all the films I've seen of his, I, I don't think I've seen a bad one. He's um, he's fantastic. My wife fucking hates Magnolia. I, I made a sit down, like, similar to you and your girlfriend, you you know, kind of like sit down and watch a film together. Like, uh, So I made a sit down and watch this because I really loved it. And she, at the end of it, went, what the fucking hell was that? Uh, but she has got terrible taste. Um, I'd say that for the record, uh, <laughs> apart from in men, of course. Um, well said. But uh, no, that's uh, it's great. I mean, there's some it's some really really good song. There's that famous uh, song, um, "Wise Up," which the cast members sing at one point in the movie, which 
always kind of brings a bit of a lump to my throat. I must admit, it's um, it's a cracking song and uh, save me, which is brilliant. Um, but uh, just the others, the, the couple of songs on the L three, Deathly, Driving Sideways, and You Do, which um, are really cracking songs, and it's a great film. So yeah, check those out. Yeah, I think movie soundtracks are like sadly overlooked by a lot of people, really, aren't they? When it comes to listening to stuff. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's one of those that I went out and bought the soundtrack um, after I'd watched the film because I wanted to hear more of the music. So I've been listening to that in my car this week. So yeah, there you go. You're quite a sensitive song there, Chris. I like your I style. Am. I am. Yeah. I'm not into, uh, it's uh, nice that we've got a balance. <laughs> <laughs> we have. We've got the old man in the corner, sort of dripping. <laughs> Slowly wetting himself in the corner. <laughs> we've, got, we've got the man's man, which obviously is yourself, um, and then we've got the the sort of like the the guy who's in touch with his his mm. inner feelings. But I, you know, I, I can I can I can relate to it because like I love I love his movies and the music as well. It, it's one of those soundtracks that you can listen to it without like drive soundtrack. You can listen to it without the film. But I mean, it's a long film, Magnolia. But the music is such an integral part reflecting what's going on emotionally with them mm. and you can listen to it separately i think it was it's it's an epic film and all these films are epic um like the master is phew, what a movie that was with joaquin phoenix that came out but in terms of like putting music to films he's one of those that he it adds so much more to it and it is a, it is a beautiful soundtrack mm that you know oh, i totally agree with you yeah i i love magnolia and anybody that watches it and doesn't get it it's like it's a shame isn't it it's almost like you want to so is something missing Shape them yeah, <laughs> what's wrong with you what's wrong with you don't fucking get idiots. it this guy's sad this woman's sad this guy was a pedophile this this guy's william h macy you know don't you get it <laughs> Tom Cruise and, and his relationship with his father oh, is incredible. Oh, just heartbreaking. I always crack, I not crack up in the in the bad, you know, laughing way, but there's the, the sort of scene where he's by Jason Robard's bed and he just, you know, he, Tom Cruise just, just, wow, he's he's amazing in that, you know, yeah. um, so so good, yeah, and and it's just again, it's all about sort of like that. Um, is it coincidence is it chance or is it fate you know i love all that kind of stuff i love thinking about that i love thinking about the choices that you make will somehow impact on you at some point in your life years down the line even in the school ones i love thinking about stuff like that mm. yeah it's beautiful it's it really it is. is good choice yeah. mm. right before we go ramrod have uh, you got any shout outs or anything you want to say Good Lord. Well, I mean, shout, a shout out to Henry Weston's 2013 Vintage if they want to sponsor the show. <laughs> I'm very happy about that. Yeah, um, I think that, I, that's a good one. Yeah, we should get on the ball with that if, uh, yeah, if they yeah, do want we, to sponsor it. Yeah. Sponsored by Henry Weston's. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, a shout out definitely to um, Scott Adkins for being uh, the king of everything um, and being such a gent. And to my uh, my good lady Zoe for not beating me up for watching The Guest without her. And um, which she's still upset about, and um, taking a lot of photos of me touching Scott. Mm. Yeah. What about you, Chris? Yeah, um, we. I mean, we do the same coin. We're on a break at the moment, but we're we're hoping we'll come back uh, with the video game show at some point soon. We are doing a Christmas special, um, but I don't want to pimp that too much. Um, but uh, I guess you guys for being great and just. I mean, like. 
I didn't, I forgot to set my timer this week because I'm always conscious of, um, you know, like last time I set my stopwatch, so I was watching it in front of me thinking, <laughs> I'll keep an eye on it, I'll keep it, I'll keep it short, I'll keep it short. And then, so this week, obviously, I haven't done it and we obviously run over, but it's just a pleasure chatting with you guys and yeah, love it. So nice to talk about a nice mixture of things that we're all obviously passionate about. Which is- oh, yeah, yeah. I knew from when we started organising these that the, the hardest job would be for me to control both of your guys' length. Um, <laughs> it, it would be the hardest part and as you could tell by tonight it's I, I couldn't control it and you, you just got too much length for me you, you can have a hard time taming my length and Ramrod's you know Dave he sampled it this is why he needs to stop after an hour because he has to sort himself out I've, <laughs> I've essentially ruined him Chris <laughs> I can only take an hour at a time before he has to go and take his pills <laughs> And try and forget it all. It's just a phase. <laughs> <laughs> right, and with that, I think it's as good a time as any to uh, to, to shout for the uh, for the alarm clock. Quick! And here we are again, the end of another episode. Uh, a longer one than normal, but hey, when there's things to be said, there's things to be said. Uh, you can follow me on uh, Twitter at 60 Minutes with. You can also uh, like the Facebook page. Uh, it's facebook.com forward slash 60 Minutes with. Uh, email address and website will be in the new year. Uh, so it just leaves me to say thanks for Chris and Ramrod for joining me as always, and thank you for listening. And I'll be back again very soon uh, with an interview show. Were you hovering over the button then? You answered very hardly bloody, hardly rang. I know, I am here. I have been waiting and sitting and masturbating patiently. <laughs> A usual Thursday evening then. It's, yeah, well, every day, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> Except my hand's fucking freezing because um, it's quite cold in this room I'm sat in. So, Ooh. yeah, just keeping warm, to be honest with you. Well, you know, if you're going to keep warm, that's as good a way as any, I suppose. Yes, rubbing myself vigorously. <laughs> Try and create some friction. Be careful you don't start a fire. <laughs> <laughs> hello. Oh, they're, they're, they're... Ooh, hello. Hello. <laughs> hello, how are you, dear? <laughs> hello. How do I sound? Do I sound really old and womany? You sounded sexy as fuck then. Mm. I've got a stiffy. <laughs> <laughs> you've That's got what a, I was going for. You've just said you were masturbating. You've managed to get another stiffy already. That's <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, there was a time in my life when I was sort of like up to about five a day. <laughs> in my younger those years, were the days, those were the days. <laughs> I have seen adverts about you know you should have five a day, but I don't think it was wanks. I think it's fruit you're supposed to have, but I suppose uh, it'll, it'll do you just as much good. I've okay. misunderstood that. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Never mind. It's all good fun. Oh yeah. Makes makes me happy. It puts a big old smile on my face, you know, so I bet it does. It certainly does. My first masturbatory experience was to uh, the Toxic Avenger, the first movie. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Is it you like guys in tutus then? <laughs> I like mounted fellas. That's my thing. And me on from Robocop has got a place in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
There's a few tissues in RoboCop used then. Oh, mate, you couldn't even begin to understand what I went through when I was a young lad. I bet you can't even watch The Incredible Melting Man. <laughs> well, it was going to be one of our Halloween movies, funnily enough, but I chose not to watch it with my family in case I got a bit sticky. <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> Oh, excuse oh. me. Sorry. Well done, Dave. I thought I'd get that out of the way early. It's Blame Ramrod. He brought um, some beer around. Mm. Cider. Well, yeah. Well, and and cider and there's beer. There's victory beer for later if you make it through. Yeah. Yeah, but um, it's the Henry Weston's Vintage 8.2% Classic. Fucking hell. Jeez. Yeah, it's honest to God, right? I don't normally drink cider. I'm even in the summer, not bothered. But there's something about this one bottle of Henry Weston's that once you've had one uh, we always say you know you've had a drink mm. and is, it just is brilliant. it like scrumpy or fizzy cider uh, it's it's more like scrumpy okay it's really nice it's normally the uh, the one that we start the night off on it's nice. got a mild spritz to it <clears throat> you know if you go in, if you want to know how fizzy it is but it's the best and it opens me right up so Dave can, <laughs> can chain me up with a headset on. There's no need for poppers. Just give him one of these. Oh, what? <laughs> you said they opened him right up. I didn't go that far. <laughs> Christ almighty. Oh, mate, that'd be it then. We'd get married after another two fucking bottles of this. <laughs> You'll be able to perform, though, from the sounds of it. Oh. You know. Dave's been struggling for a time now in his age. I see, you know. Get the, the blue pills out. 50, 50 next year. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's just a one-way one way ticket to, uh, to to oblivion, really. Being you know? dead, yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's the point? What's one the fucking point? To the, grave, to the ground. You might as well pack it in there. Then. I may as well. I may as well just... Sit, sit here, yeah. Just sit here and just like rock back and to slowly until. Go somewhere then... quiet, like a dog does. Go <laughs> <laughs> somewhere quiet, at like the back of the shed. Yeah. Well, just like a cat, just just disappear one day. <laughs> yeah. just, where's cat? Where's the cat yeah. gone? And then somebody will find me, like you know, a week or two down the line, squashed in the middle of a road. <laughs> 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 oh, I'd love to see that. Oh.